Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Breakfast somewhere, man. So eat up, food for thought. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Okay. Today's a really, really special day. Um, I have an amazingly special guest here that uh, I could go on and on and on about with accolades and um, all sorts of you know, introductory sort of honors. Um, but you'll, you'll find out, um, in a moment because he actually needs no introduction. And, um, one of the most influential musicians that ever lived, um, without a doubt, I'd like to welcome to the show, the great Mahavishnu John McLaughlin. Did, did you say magician, magician, magician? <laughs> I got to tell you something. I like magic. You know, I like magic. <laughs> <laughs> gurus, gurus have humor too. <laughs> so, John, hey, man, welcome. Welcome to the show, and thank you for... Brother Vinny, mio fratello. See, I can't thank you enough. It's a okay? You probably speak Italian much better than I do. I'm sh- I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> no, I don't I don't speak Italian. <laughs> well, no, yeah, we fumble our way. We just but- yeah, we fake fake it till we make it, exactly. So, John, you know, this has been an amazingly trying time for everybody. I mean, we're just, um, but I mean, it's it's a great thing that we're able to sort of just do this remotely and and at least get a chance to catch up and talk and and just, I don't know, uh, reconnect and and uh, and all of that good stuff and sort of at least keep some kind of lines of connection open because it's been a trying trying time for all of us, especially those of us that like to go out and play, you know. So, um, well, this this the, I could say quite categorically that that uh, first of all, music saved me. If you you know, if you know what I mean, in every sense of the word. And the last eighteen months, where we've been living in Groundhog Day, um, to be able <laughs> to be able to have done some some. Um, collective playing you know when you send the files like we you know we've done we've done this already in the past you and i yeah um and but it's been always basically either just for fun for people to watch and hear and see that we're still alive you know we're still hanging in there we're still playing or getting together in a kind of a socially distanced collective way and and making music and video for uh, charities and uh, people and situations that are even much worse than our own. And that really, uh, it's, it's hard to say how much that has helped me, but I think this is what's getting me through everything. The fact that I can play something, even though it's from a distance, you know, when you, you hear the guys playing and you put the headphones on, and you close your eyes, you're in the same room. We're all in the same room together. Yeah, it's crazy. When we're playing, that's beautiful thing about music. Yeah, it really is. I totally agree. You know, it's like it, it, it just the distance is gone and no longer in another country, another 
region. They were, we're all together in, in that room, and that's that's beautiful, and that's so that's really helped me so much, Vinny. I mean, oh, I bet I how much. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's helped all of us. Uh, I was really, really honored that that you know you had asked me to to participate in your new upcoming album, which is going to be released in July, right? Vinny, Vinny, <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you. I've been your fan for a long time. Oh, oh man, long I'm gonna, time. I'm gonna blush. So, and you know who I have to thank for that, Dennis Chambers. Oh, our, our, yeah. our brother, oh, yeah. our brother. Yeah, 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 with Dennis. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna call him up again and thank him. So, wow, because yeah, yeah oh. he's doing, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah, we check in on each other. Yeah, just how doing because you know he, we've had some. He's had some health issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked so to him we, about a month ago or so, and he sounded great and uh, yeah. had a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. He just needs a gig, like <laughs> you and me. Yeah, we all need a gig. I know. Well, it's yeah. it's it's amazing, John. So I mean, I didn't want to sort of preface you talking about your upcoming album, but you do uh, just quickly have an album coming out in July, right? Yeah, that's true. And yep. what, what uh, is you're on the opening track. Uh, the album's called uh, Liberation Time. Liberation Time. Uh, Liberation Time. And the track you're on is, is uh, titled As the Spirit Sings. And uh, I wish the corollary is As the Spirit Sings, So I Sing. You know what I mean? Yes. That's- where it comes from well you know and what liberation time too is pretty ap- appropriate right now <laughs> we need that it's time yeah, to be liberated. But it's, it's 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 funny how it it came it came to realization because around the end of september i mean even though we've been doing things together with different people because i've been doing things with my my indian colleagues also you know <laughs> yeah. and uh <clears throat> but by the end of September last year, I was really, uh, it was getting to me. Uh, I was, I was, you know, frustration and just like everything canceled, the European tour, Japan, uh, everything just like down the toilet. And, and by the end of, of September last year, I was so frustrated. It was like, you know, what, what, I, what am I going to do? What, what am I going? You know, I have to do something. And all of a sudden, this like music started to come out, and one after the other, just really born out of frustration. So, in a way, in some kind of ironic way, I have to thank this COVID nineteen putting me in that situation that I don't want to repeat. By the way, that situation is it's, it's weird, you know. But within the space of about two weeks, uh, all this music came out, and I started thinking, well, I have to do something. Let me do something with my brothers in arms, celestial arms, celestial, not arms. <laughs> and uh, and there you are. And, and you know, there's, there's uh, different people that I haven't played with before. That's really, it's a nice experience, you know, when you play with people you've never met before, but they speak your language which is music, Amen. you know, and they can have a deep communication. Amen. So, and, uh, so, and I, and it's, it's kind of weird that, that it's made in the socially distanced way 
but it's like, you know, I would set it up, as you know, but then things would come back, change, and I'd have to redo my part because the character had been developed, you know, because, of the, the, yeah, the great players. And, uh, and the, but the way the, the character was kept, but it was just like we stimulated me to redo my part again because uh, it was there, you know, and then they put the headphones on, close the eyes, and, and you know, and I'm, we're all together in the room. And that's, that's really amazing. And, and, and in that sense, as you said before, we have to thank technology for, for us being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this otherwise. And, 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 you know, that's an amazing thing that you said where, you know, you send something and then I send it back. Right. And you send it to me yeah. and I send it back and now it's different. And so it's like, it's like chess moves yeah. or it's almost like oh, yeah. playing together, but with this big, long delay, you know, and, and like <laughs> yeah. we're sculpting it. We're, we're doing yeah, yeah. this slow motion. It's weird. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It's just, we're all changing it at different times. And, and then it becomes this whole new thing creature, you know, uh, and yeah. it, it is amazing, man. You, you remember, I mean, and the, and the, uh, new blues, old blues, which, which is like, you know, it was a few years ago. Yeah. And I was here in Europe and you were in California and, and there was no way for us to get it together. And you, and we did it, we did a track like that with yeah. you on the drum with the rest of the band. Yeah. And it was, but it's so good. It's so, even when I listen to that today, I mean, you're killing on that. Killing you know, oh man thank you i yeah. mean we you know we're, we're feeding each other and and you know you just i had to rise to the occasion on that one and that was that that <laughs> that song new new blues old blues it's re- it was really interesting because it was like the most ingenious booby trap ever written <laughs> yeah where yeah, right? you know it had it was just slow enough that to, it would enable you to think that dreaded you know thing called thinking like uh you know yeah. and, and 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 then that's that trips you up with those hits and you you can't it was the most brilliant i mean really really difficult really difficult it's it's it's, it's weird because it's got a weird time it's like a real slow five right you feel it in 15 yeah and, and do you remember I don't you remember you know, yeah i don't know if you remember when we were on the road with chick the five piece band and <laughs> and chick See, this is the hardest tune I ever played in my life, you know. And every night after we played it, he's he come to me and say, John, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, he'd be nailing it every night. He, he was, was killing it like, every night. I'm, every I'm, night. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I know, I know, man. He was so so, so humble. Oh yeah, I look. Really, yeah, I miss him. I miss him. I do too. I it's it's so weird to think that he's not with us anymore so i can't i still can't get my head around it partially because we've all been isolated so it's like and we're all communicating by phone and by zoom and so you know you think he's there and i'm just going to call him up and and i just realize oh i oh i can't you know yeah 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 it's bizarre but but i remember you know when we were doing that and it was the most it was I, i i don't know how to describe this but it was the weirdest kind of experience for me because we were all feeling it you and i were feeling it in 15 in slow five yeah. and, and and christian too i think but but i think that 
between yeah. us and 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 Chick and maybe even Kenny, I think we were all <laughs> feeling it differently. And but we all ended up in the same place. And I just thought, and I'm watching it, people tapping their feet, and I'm like, wow, this is a chip. And how they do? How, how they feel? How they counting is like I'm. I couldn't. And then <clears throat> in the beginning, before we even got together, in that uh, one rehearsal that we had right before we played that first gig um in monaco i think it was yeah and and so yeah. yeah right so so i remember chick chick sent me a chart and and it was in four and i went wow and i was looking at it listening and i went i was just it was just no, but, unbelievable yeah but you know chick you know when 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 he had first had the idea to, for five piece band yep and he says so john he said you got some tunes he said but something in three or four Okay, I don't want any fives, no sevens, no nines, oh, no. <laughs> no tens. <laughs> Three, four, four, four. Okay. <laughs> so new blues, old blues. The thing is, I, I said, you know, you're not going to like this because it's just like five or 15, but it's kind of got a three, four feel, you know. Oh, no. And, but he loved it right off. And he said, <laughs> no, I just, I have to deal with it. I have to, I'm going to have to learn. I'm, I have to learn and deal with this. Man. Every night. I'm getting, oh. I'm getting it. Unbelievable. Yeah. What what an amazing yeah. act of humility, man. I just, the most humble guy and, and just amazing yeah. musician, man. And I just... You know, I remember when he first talked to me about it, he, uh, I can't remember where we were. Um, I think we were in Australia and, um, and he happened to be there and he said, Hey, can we have lunch together. I said, sure. So I went and had lunch and, uh, he said, Hey man, you know, I've, I've got this idea, you know, and he, he was like, and that's when he first told me about it. And I said, wow, that sounds amazing. And so, uh, you know, I think that, he must have collaborated with you and said, Hey, do you want to do this kind of brainchild? Right. Is that, is that sort of basically what happened? You know, in terms of starting five piece band. Yeah. Well, the thing with chick and I, we, we, you know, I got to tell you how I met chick because, you know, I, I, I arrived in New York, uh, which is a few days after my birthday in January 69 to play with Tony and Larry Young. Khalid Yassin. And uh, what was great is that Tony had Tony had the last week with Miles at the, at the Club Baron in Harlem. So as I was up there on the first night, and, you know, I mean, Harlem for a European, it's like I was walking six feet off the ground. Harlem, Harlem. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a dream. Yeah. Anyway, we're having Club Baron, and... Um, <clears throat> And Chick comes in, and I know him from Montego Joe. Remember that album he did with Montego Joe? Oh. I heard that, 1966. I said, this guy, Chick, is going to be, he's going to be up with the, with the big guys, you know. And the next time I heard him, he was with Miles. Anyway, he's standing at the bar, and I'm at the bar, and he turns to me, he says, John, he says, man, nice to meet you. I know you're going to be working with Tony. And he was the sweetest, most just un pretentious like you know just so cool and and right off from that from that meeting we had a great connection together and then and then we we uh, we ended up shortly after that i was living on west 22nd street and he moved to west 21st street but in between the same avenues 
So yeah, we were neighbors, and this and this was the time when when um, you know I was getting very deep into meditation and yoga, and uh, and this was the time when he got into Scientology, and and so you know we we would meet because we we had a very strong friendship from the very beginning. So I'd go over to his house. And we start discussing. We had some white nights, Vinny, about philosophy. You know, L. Ron Hubbard, whom I, whom I know as a, as a writer, he was a, he was a science fiction writer, and and he say, "No, you got to come over, man. You got to come over and like check it out." And I say, "Chick, man, I'm I'm I'm. I see the Sufis every week. You know, the Sufi center. Sufis is like a esoteric, yeah." Uh, whirling dervishes Islam, and this fundamentalist it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's it's absolutely it's totally tolerant of everything everyone wow. yeah and, mystics uh, that's what i used to see paul motion there every week because he was a, he was a big admirer and then i was I, I was doing this seeing this yogi and this yogini and that and i said you gotta come here i mean this is this is it this is what you gotta come with me over here and you say no you gotta go and come with me over there i said why should i you know you gotta come with me right <laughs> you know when you're young and, and yeah, yeah 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 philosophy <laughs> yeah. but we went we went over we, we we got really deep and in the end we both said listen i mean you know Anyway, we're musicians. I love the way you play. Yeah, well, I love the way you play. I said, that's all, that's all, that's it right there. <laughs> it doesn't matter what, what happens. We're both, we're both looking for answers to the great existential questions, and, the, you know, um, and, and we will be answered. And from that point, we actually never spoke about it again, but we, we hung out a lot whenever possible. But like he'd come to Europe, and I go and see him. I remember he was playing in Bordighera just down the coast. So I, I went and jammed with him. I've got a lovely photograph of us both from that time. But we did even a tour of Europe as a duo. Yeah, piano and get, just piano and acoustic guitar. Yeah, I mean, we're going back now, 30 years, Vinny. So, but when you reckon that 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 um, that we were friends for uh, over fifty years, amazing, man! Huh? It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I know I, I'm going over it, but he was he was such a a person present in my life musically and and as and humanly, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, and 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 for all of us, and and just hearing that. I mean, really talking about the genesis of so many things of, of, of your spiritual awakening and, and, and coming together as musicians and the commonality of, of just seeking the existential, uh, you know, answers to those questions and, 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 and having music sort of, you know, be the way to communicate that and, and be the expression of the mystery and all that sort of stuff. And the, the commonality, it's, it's an amazing thing how that, how that works. The universal language, man, that cliche is so true. And oh, yeah, yeah man, it really yeah. is. And and you, but see, you were talking about, and I was going to ask you about this, that you came to New York. You came there to play with Tony, right? And so you joined oh, Lifetime. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, it's arguable or maybe barely arguable that, you know, it could be said that you invented fusion. I mean, that's, I can't think of unless... Okay, Miles, 
I don't uh, know. I don't know which one came first, the chicken or the egg. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Lifetime well, is kind of like you know. Lifetime was there with the with the rock fusion because Tony wanted he wanted to he wanted to cut loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, he wanted to cut loose from you know. I mean that Miles's quintets quintets plural of the sixties. I mean they were the quintessence. Oh. Distillation of the most beautiful jazz music ever, yeah. and when I heard Tony, I yeah. heard Tony when he he was on that the Miles in Europe. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was Europe is Juan Lepin, just down the coast from here. You know that, and um, I heard that, and Tony. He must have been eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. unreal, unreal, oh. and. And, and and I mean, of course, I was I was following Miles. I've been following Miles since the late fifties. But to hear Tony, and they get to play with him. But as I heard Miles's band, the one even with it was George Coleman with Train and the different drummers, but with Wayne and Tony, Ron and Herbie, that particular formation, how it evolved. Um, and I could hear already by sixty-seven that there was some there was some kind of. Um, uh, channeling off of directions. I heard Jack and Dave and Chick, they were moving to more toward a free kind of thing, which they ended up doing with Anthony Braxton. Remember? Circle. Remember that band? Yep, Circle. I mean, that was, that was, that was really out. Yeah, but, you know, I owe the free jazz for me, you know, and I played, I was in bands playing free jazz, but I, I was, I, I miss structure. I need structure. I need restraints, you know, and to find freedom. I don't know, I don't know how I'm ex- to explain it. Like no, I that, get it. I get but, it. I mean, I don't want to interject I mean, I don't here. Remember, uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's not just like improvising over harmony, mm-hmm. but it's like, but improvising, being free in five or 15 or 10 to be free in it. It's a restraint that you have to, you have, you, you have to overcome it. Exactly. You have to own it. It's like you know a paradox or something. Exactly. I totally get it. But it's such, it's such a wonderful feeling to have that feeling of ease, you know, in that, but that's, that's with structure. Mm-hmm. And I could hear and having experienced this free jazz movement, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't I don't like it, but I hear Miles. Miles is hitting the groove harder and harder in that band, <laughs> while everybody else is like, you know, drifting. Even Herbie's was like, you know, is drifting out harmonically and rhythmically. It's not that it was always in, but I, I could I could feel this. And, and when I actually you know arrived there in in um, in January '69. Miles was ready to move, not just Tony. Miles was ready to move. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time because the day I met him, he even knew my name, you know, and he brushed by me like, you know, as he walked by me in in Club Barham. And the next day, bring your guitar to the studio. And that was the In Asylum Way date, you know. So, I mean. So that's how that happened. I was sweating. I was sweating blood in those days, but uh, by some miracle, I, I I passed the baptism of fire. But <laughs> I knew I knew Miles was moving out because because 
after after that recording session, and he, and he 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 got my number, and he, and he was calling me several times a week. Come over to the house and bring a guitar. And and the, all of those months prior to when was Bitches Brew recorded? Sometime August, September '69, uh-huh. something like that. Mm-hmm. By the time we got into the studio, I I I knew Miles really well, and I knew. I guess because he, I went there with the guitar to his home, and he played Cody. Say, "What do you hear? You hear a riff, you know." <laughs> you know? And from the nineteen sixties, you know, in the nineteen sixties, all I was doing was making my living playing R and B and funk, and the occasional jazz gig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, impossible to make a living make playing jazz in the UK at that time, unless you're really well known. But you know, for the young young players so but all of that came in so handy and anyway you you know you take the r&b out of the jazz what's left Vinny? what's left a lot of notes right a lot of notes you gotta yeah. have the r&b r&b is the soul i totally yes. i totally hear anyway, you anyway and yeah. so and those yeah i mean and so by the time we got into the studio for bitches brew it's not that he knew what he wanted, Miles, but he knew what he didn't want. And he didn't want what he'd done. Mm. He to, to get to new ground. Anyway, I'm kind of like drifting along here. You're not actually. You're, 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 no, I mean, the segues, it's actually perfect because you're actually prefacing some things that I wanted to ask you. And one of them was, how did you meet Miles? Oh, cool. You know, and so you, you met him at this club and then you went in silent way. Is that, I mean, you, just, you, and then you just went right into the studio with him. You got invited or you brought your guitar in. Is that what happened? Well, it was a club baron. Yeah. Because Tony, the Tony had the last week with miles. Right. And, and he, he timed it. So, so we would have a place to rehearse mm-hmm. with Larry, Larry Young. Okay. And in, in the club baron. So, Larry, we put Larry's organ in the next day and we started resting in the afternoon in Club Baron where he had his drums. And, he, and in the night, he was playing with Miles in the, in the same club. Wow. But I don't know how, I don't know how Miles knew my name, but he, I mean, he, was, he knew Tony was leaving and he, he didn't want Tony to leave. He loved Tony. But Tony was, sure. Tony wanted to, you know, expand and, and move in different directions. And feel and 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 Miles actually got the same the same thing. He wanted to move in different directions, as uh, because it's a big step from Silent Way to Bitches Brew. Yeah, yeah. And it's only about eight months difference. But what what a difference! Amazing, amazing. It was it was it was amazing to watch him work. Just to watch him work, because he set up a groove. You know, because there was a lot of different musicians in on the, on those sessions, and and he 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 set up a groove, and uh, you know, like he'd sing like a beat to to Jack or Lenny, and um, and then he'd wait for it to settle in. If it didn't settle in, he'd stop and start again. You know, he'd wait for the beat to talk to him. Which is actually what happened in the Jack Johnson album with Billy. 
and Michael Henderson and me. <laughs> you're, everything I was going to ask you, you're just your segue. Go. I just I'm all ears. Because he he. Uh, you know, in the sessions, he, he'd always come into the, the, the 52nd Street studio, CBS, with, uh, with some coffee or tea in a paper bag. And, and sometimes he'd write some chords on the paper bag. He brought his coffee in, you know, <laughs> like a C7 or a B7 or a B flat. And, uh, and, and he'd set it up like that only with, with, the, with the, these sessions on Jack Johnson. In the, he didn't give us a paper bag even. So, the, the way that the opening piece right off started was, I might have mentioned it while we were on the road. Uh, he was in the cabin talking to Till Macero, the producer, mm-hmm. who produced all of Miles' albums at that time. And, um, and we're sitting there, and after 15 minutes, 20, I was like, you know, well, you know, let's play something. And I, I'd been fooling around with, with this tune that eventually became the dance of Maya with, with uh, Mahavishnu. And so there was some, I had some weird chords in that, you know, so I started to play it, but I, if you hear it, I mean, I'm playing, it's, it's a shuffle, it's R&B, you know, I just started to play just for fun. And Michael Henderson, he joined in, Billy kicked in. And all of a sudden we hit a groove, a really nice one. And Herbie was playing Farfisa organ. From that Farfisa organ, wow. only he can make it sound like that. <laughs> and but we hit a groove, and and all of a sudden the red light went on, the door opened. Miles ran into the studio with his trumpet and went on to play the most unbelievable trumpet I ever I'd ever heard him play. In that, and that was that was the opening of 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 uh, Jack Johnson right off. Oh, but, uh, and and so you can see. He'd wait. He'd wait for that thing to start happening, and and in the sessions, like in Bitches Brew, he and he had he had he had a way. You know the way he talked to musicians. You heard you you've heard of that. I'm sure many times. It's like in a silent way. When I was like, I had a piano score in front of me, and he he didn't like the way it was going with Joe's tune, and so he says. You know, play it on the guitar, you know. And I, I said, this, it's a piano score, you know. It's, I didn't have a guitar score. Is that a fact? So, <laughs> so I because I said, you know, it's got, it's got bass in it, you know. <laughs> so then, you know, and that famous saying, you know, play it like you don't know how to play the guitar. And it's like, <laughs> you know. And now and I'm hearing, we never heard that one before, you know. And... Um, and so, you know, the only thing you can do is do or die. So I close the score, you know, and say, okay, I'll, no chords, no tempo, nothing. And, uh, and off it went. But he liked it. And the way, and, and he liked it so much, he put it on the opening at the end of side one of, of A Silent Way. So he was, he was the, one of the most intuitive people I ever worked with. And to watch him work in Bitches Brew was amazing. To see how he set up the groove and then the soloists, the melodies, and, you know, and the development of it. It was just just total education for me. Unbelievable. It's got to be the best. And Jack Johnson was just a free-flowing, yeah. Well, I heard the story. No, I'm that- a very lucky fellow. Oh, man. you're Well, okay. I mean... 
uh, yeah, the, the story that I heard was was that uh, <laughs> was that you guys were playing on Jack Johnson, and he hadn't even got to the studio yet. He was on his way, and you guys knew he was on his way, and you just started jamming. And 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 oh, no. that's the story that I no, heard. He was in the cabin. He was in the cabin with Teal. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because they, st- they started recording right away as soon as we hit it. Yeah. No, just started. I mean, it was just for fun, really. But Amazing. They- so so you started playing the Dance of My, and those, yeah. that was sort of like the, the genesis of the, the Mahavishnu tunes, right? I mean, I'm sort of wondering how that yes. whole seed just kind of started blooming, you know, with the con- the whole... Well, not just the overarching concept of of Mahavishnu, but the concept of the of the compositions that that made up the overarching concept. You know, how did that all sort of happen? And kind of, you know, what was the I, genesis I, of I, it? I, you know, I really, I, I really don't know. Uh, uh, I, I have a personal philosophy about about tunes. Is that if if I have an idea, I, I, I want to let it be, as opposed to like messing with it you know organizing it yeah no the craft you know, the craft of a musician is is making it a playable and uh, uh walkable but if i have a really nice idea and it comes out weird uh, i'd rather leave it weird and, and and let it tell me how it wants to go if you know what i mean and Really, I have to thank Tony Williams for that because from the very beginning, because when he when we started to work together, and he said, "You what, have you ever written any tunes?" I said, "Yeah, I've written a, a couple of things." And so and so we uh, he listened to them and he said, "You know, you should keep writing, man. You know, keep writing. Let's and let's." And so I started contributing to Lifetime in the. Um, Com, not compositional and yeah, in the compositional sense, but but you know, following Tony's direction really. Yeah, and that's I mean how and so because of Tony's encouragement in those two years I played with him. Mm-hmm. By the time by the time I left Lifetime, I was real. I had really a very clear idea uh, because a lot of music was coming out of me. And, and these peculiar times and the polyrhythms. You know, I'm crazy about rhythm. I think if I hadn't been a guitar player, I would have, I would have loved to have been a drummer. So <laughs> you love, are. You, you, you are a drummer. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I just, you know. Amazing. That's why I love you too, Vinny. You know, because <laughs> you're such a great drummer, man. Well, bless you, No, brother. no, I'm not trying to flatter you or anything. But I, you know, everybody knows it. You know, I take that with, that loud, gratitude. That's with gratitude and grace, brother. Thank you. It means the world to me. It, seriously, seriously, it means the world to me. My, uh, coming from you, <clears throat> one of my all, yeah, yeah, all-time yeah, heroes. Yeah. It's yeah. for me. All, all seriousness. No, seriously. I mean, I mean, for yeah. me, it's like you know, I I got to realize a dream of of playing with one of my you know all-time heroes, and so <clears throat> for me, it's it's like I feel like well. That's what I set out to do, and I did that, and 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 thank God for that. You know, I I I'm so grateful. You know, but but anyway, I I want to keep this focused on on you, and I, I was going to tell you just to backtrack just just a bit that I mean, 
Miles wrote a tune called John McLaughlin. Man, it's like, how did you, you know, you must have thought, wow, okay, you know, like, how do you, how do you sort of, you know, what did you think, you know, <laughs> is what I'm trying to ask, you know. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. What, just to, to, to see, like, your name on a, of a tune? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he wrote like, a track. He wrote a track called John McLaughlin. <laughs> I know, and he, and he did another one called Go Ahead, John. I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I, 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 well, deserve it. It blew I mean, my mind. It blew my mind, didn't he? Because the thing is, it's, it's like in, in, in those sessions, we rarely had titles. He would he would put the titles on after. He didn't come in with titles. That's uh, that, that wasn't his thing. Uh, and so he'd do the titles later. And I, and I went out and I bought the album. And I and I'm, what? Mm. You know? And it's like <laughs> it must be a mistake. You know? <laughs> really? It must be must be an error. What's my name doing there? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it, it's it's inconceivable. It was inconceivable to me. But you see, he 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 was a master of so much, Miles. He was a master psychologist. The way the way he would, the way he would get people to play, it was it was like watching a Zen master in action. <laughs> yeah, I oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's that's like getting knighted, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. this song, John McLaughlin. It's like I now knight you. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's amazing, man. It's like yeah, and so so <laughs> so back to um. But I wanted to get to the model issue, and then you guys, you sort of, <clears throat> you 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 had these songs that were kind of germinating for a while, and then and then you met the other guys, and or you had the idea of starting this band, and and I, I mean, I'm just sort of wondering how that all came about. That you know? ha- well, I mean, I got it's, I got to hand it to Miles again. I'm, I'm sorry to keep coming back to him, but oh, it's but he, he's behind it because yes, sir. I remember uh, the. the one of the not wasn't the last gig I did with him, but it was the last gig I did with him before he. Told, uh, okay, we were in Lenny's on the Turnpike. Remember that club outside of Boston? Yeah. And uh, Barry Gartz, Gary, Gary Bartz on saxophone. Keith was on keyboards. Um, oh, Michael was on bass and. Oh, who's the drummer? Um, Al Foster? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, and uh, and so, and, and I was on the gig, <clears throat> but it was after the gig. I had, I'd had a, a rotten night. I could not get it together. <clears throat> Excuse me. I couldn't get it together. You know, when you just like, fighting you're fighting yourself and you're fighting your way through like a jungle and and it's just everything nothing works for you you just fight anyway no the fight is beautiful but i'd rather you know anyway we all know that um <laughs> so so but i you know there was only miles and me in in the band room at at the end of the night and i and i was apologizing about this i'm i'm sorry man I'm, I'm so sorry, you know, I didn't have my shit together. And uh and he said, Yeah, I know. You know. 
just to make you feel better, right? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so uh, you know, I, I, I'm we're sitting there, and it's like a couple of minutes silence. You know, we're just he's sitting in an armchair, I'm sitting in the chair next to him, just like silently weeping, you know, tears. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of the blue, he turned around me and he says, John, it's time you formed your own band. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was the last thing. That was the last thing I expected from him. But, That's funny. But, I mean, but when, when, when God talks to you, you listen, right? Yeah. So, and you know, I mean, we were not already by nineteen. This is nineteen seventy, I think, around October nineteen seventy. And I've been I've been hanging out with him for him and Tony for almost two years, and uh, and he was the most honest man I ever I ever met. You know, and he was brutally honest, but it didn't matter. He, he always knew where you stood with him, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. You know, never any, any, you know, just nothing, just always straight to the point. And, and, and he said that to me, and I, I mean, and I didn't even say, are you, are you kidding? Because that's not the kind of response you you would say to Miles after such a <laughs> statement, but the fact that he would say it means I meant to me I had to do it. Mm-hmm. That's all. If he believes I can do it, means I have to do it, and Absolutely. and that was the beginning of the Mahavishnu Orchestra. And but I have to say right away that from the session with the Jack Johnson sessions with Billy. When me and could Billy hit it on, he was hitting it on that session. He was really playing hard. Um, and right after, right after that, we we started to hang out, and and we we got really tight. And so he was the first guy I called for the for the orchestra. Wow. wow. And uh, <clears throat> and then and then the next thing, uh, I got a call. Uh, we're we're about uh, a month later. And I get a call home from Miroslav, whom I'd I, I got to know very well. I'd actually, we became friends in the UK sometime around, sometime. He was over with Stan Guess at Ronnie Scott's. It must have been summer of 68. And, um, and we started to hang out when I got to New York. Uh, wonderful musician. And, and he called me and he said, listen, John, um, I'm working with uh, with with Wayne Shorter and Joe Zanel. We're putting a band together called Weather Report. And we want you in it. And uh, and they said, "Oh man, that's unbelievable." I said, "But I'm under orders, you know. I got to form my own band." Wow. Miles told me I got to form my own band, and and I said. I'm, I'm really sorry, man. And I would love to play with you guys because they're killers. I mean, all of them. You look what Weather Report did. I mean, that was a revolution on its own. And um, and he said, no, well, I can dig that. You know, when I told him it was Miles, he said, I can dig that. He said, but you have a piano player? I said, no, I don't. I said, I want one. He said, uh, there's, there's 
one of my countrymen out on, on the coast uh, playing piano for Sarah Vaughan. Uh, but he's looking for, you know, to move out. I said, if he's playing for Sarah Vaughan, he's a bad boy. I said, give me his number. So, and that was Jan. And Jan, I talked to Jan about the band, and he said, yeah, I want, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And I wanted a violin, my my mother's instrument, and uh, but I didn't want a jazz violin player. I wanted an R&B player. And so I, I looked around and found Jerry Goodman in this band called The Flock in, in Chicago. And uh, yeah, I know, and oh, that uh, that's that's. And then, actually, for for bass, I asked Tony Levin first to come in on bass. He but he just taken a gig with Gary Burton the week previously. So so I on Plan B, I called Rick Laird right away, and we've been playing together in the UK for like I mean, with different Brian August bands. He was he was a house bass player in in Ronnie Scott's club. I didn't know by that. The way, by the way, Rick Rick is Rick is in hospice. He's not well. I'm so really, sorry. Yeah, I know, I know. But we're, we're communicating, and he's he's beautiful, mm. beautiful guy. But uh, he's cancer, you know. So everybody can think good thoughts to him. Yes, amen. And uh, and then and that was the band that, that, that we saw. But before the other guys came in, me and Billy, because I already had a bunch of tunes ready for 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 record, for, ready to play, and we so we would go down to to uh, what was that rehearsal studio in New York Midtown? I forget the name. Anyway, me and Billy S I R S I R S R I S S I R right yeah there you go thank you anyway so billy and i we we would go down we were going down every day and, and going through the tunes because you know with the with the crazy time signatures and everything so by the time the other guys arrived for rehearsals me and billy were tight i mean really tight it was wonderful wonderful wow. it's and, uh, you know, amazing to hear what you guys did i mean to this day to, to me in my opinion it's still the high watermark for various reasons, just for its obvious oh, yeah. skill level and for its originality. And it was, it was the birth of all that, but it still remains it's, it, it's integrity and just difficulty and all of those kinds of criteria checks all the boxes and it's still a high watermark. It's just, well, you're most, very sweet. no, it, you're it really is John. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's, there's some stuff that, that, and, and then, you know, I mean, I've seen, I never got to see you guys live, but 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 I've seen so many various clips from television shows and concerts, and 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 just watching you guys play this stuff it was just it's just mind numbing. It it's absolutely <laughs> mind numbing. It's I mean I've I've talked to people who said yeah I well, saw them, and when I left there, you know my I, my cells were rearranged. You know what I mean. <laughs> and like people were were just nobody it was like the aliens had landed I know, I know. yeah, yeah. It, I, I, nobody was more surprised than me Vinny. <laughs> yeah. but you guys no, were on, it's not the kind it's not it's not the kind of music you think you know there's no singer and there's it's just you know and i didn't expect i didn't expect it nobody expected it really so but we just maybe happened to hit us sweet spot at that time 
you know, mm. 71, we came out. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, I, I, I have to thank you because uh, there's one, one piece on, on the album you made must, must be now 30 years ago. I, I can't remember the, 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 the title of the album. But that's a that's a beautiful album you made. And I oh, you my my, rec- my record, yeah, I made yes, one record. It's 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 just self titled and uh, oh, John's Blues. Yeah. It's huh? John's Blues. Are you talking about the song John's Blues? Uh, and, I mean, it's that I hear my Vishnu in there, big and, time. And that I, was that was oh, for I you. Heard, yeah, I heard that record, and I said. Because because I love that album. And they, Thank and you. And they did they did it. I know. I have that out. I have a, that's on my, been on my iPod ever since. Oh really. wow! No, I'm I, no, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I I uh, I, I have achieved success then. Oh man! That's and all I, I can say. That, I heard that album. And he said, and I said, what's it? This this guy is like he's heard Mahavishnu one, you know, and it's in there, you know. And I was like, big time! Wow, man, I was I was so proud. Just, no, just, well, just to hear that. Man. Thank you. Because oh, really? That was I, I wrote that <laughs> I wrote that for you and for you guys. John's well, Blues. I mean, it was. I it, heard it. It, it impacted me it. so deeply. I mean, Mahavishnu was such a huge influence on me that yeah, I, I had to try to tip my yeah. hat in some way. Yeah, man. Anyway, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for the music. I mean, (laughs) you guys, I mean, you guys rightfully at that time were like rock stars. And really, it's like, you know, for me, when I became, you know, this is all in my formative years. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to be a professional musician. Yeah, this is what I have to look forward to. I'm going to aim for that, you know, and I'm thinking that's all going to last forever. Right. And then it's like, yeah. yeah. Right. And then I'm kind of like, after, after a while I start seeing, I go like, what happened, you know? And it's really amazing to me. And I keep going back to that, that time when, when, you know, so much stuff was new and it was all sort of in the public eye and, and it was just widely disseminated for people to just make what they will of it. And it just went into the whole public consciousness and the public psyche and and it was embraced and people could learn from it and and it reflected so much and it spoke so much truth to such a wide swath of society you know that just that kind of stuff doesn't get disseminated like that anymore and you would think that with the internet with with the uh, the kind of ability that we have now to communicate so widely and so instantly that yeah. yeah, you would think the opposite would be true, and it's, it's it's a crazy thing to think about. And I'm sort of wondering if it's ever going to sort of you know, kind of move back to that again, and uh, uh, whether or not yeah, know, I think it will. I yeah. think I think it will, Vinny. But and it will be very different, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be in new forms. It will be new thing. I think well because we're in an extremely, uh, shall I say, conservative world at the moment. Very divided, um, uh, very silly, uh, because uh, contention is everywhere, isn't it? It's either religious or it's racial or it's polarization, divisiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Or those that have and those that don't, you know. um, 
And it's a different world. It's a different world. But at some point, I think everything is cyclical in a way, but more, no, more of a spiral because it moves on. Because the, I don't know about the last time there was this movement of liberty and freedom this, that happened in the 60s. You know, it was a psych, not just a musical explosion, it was a social explosion. It was this, all of a sudden, it's like, what are the answers to these great questions of life, you know, now? And, and I'm part of that whole hippie generation, tripping on acid and then just, you know, getting to the point, well, I've I got to change my life. If I change my life, then the world will be different. And it is, because you change, the world changes. It's not that you change, want the world to change. Yeah, we'd all like the world to be different, but we are the ones that have to take the responsibility to change. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to go through this, this polarization, this terrible, and and... And because uh, we see what's going on in America between the Republicans and Democrats, it's, it's it's not open warfare, but it's a cold war going on. Yeah. They don't want to talk to each other. No, well, it's well, unbelievable. I mean, I say that the Republicans don't want to talk to the Democrats. They're like another breed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the it's, divisiveness it's, it's is happening. You don't have the monopoly on that. It's it's around the world. Look what's happening in Turkey. Look what's happening in, in, in you know dictatorial. Look at Lukashenko in Belarus and what's going on there. I mean, and uh, Vladimir. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of dictators around the world, and there've always been dictators. But in the Western world, there will be a time, and I don't know if I'll be around where that the desire a real strong desire for, for, for openness, for freedom, and, you know, peace and love, to, to, to coin a phrase, yeah. will be back. No, I really believe it. I just right don't on. know when. But we, we seem to have to go through yeah. all kinds of shit just, just, just to get out of, through the other side. It's strange. Yeah, it really is. It really is, John. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's it's happening globally, as you said. And I think that it's a weird thing because um, I think, I mean, most people sort of want to feel that they have sovereignty. I mean, this is a big, big Pandora's box to to talk about here. And and, and I didn't want to sort of get into anything that was overtly political. But but at the same time, just sociologically speaking, it's like – I mean, there's unity and diversity, and and it's it's a strange thing between understanding what your rights and your concept of sovereignty is. There's a difference between that and tribalism. You know what I mean? And and yes. and this whole thing of yes. of like you can embrace each other globally, but still have sovereignty and have unity and diversity. And that was going on for for a while, quite successfully. Because in a way, when you think about this. Even if you look at it on an economic level, you could say that decentralization is 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 sort of like power to the people, and in a way, yeah. in a way, that's what that's what this new whole cryptocurrency thing is promising, and it may be a threat, and and it may not be to some people, and and on the other hand, you know, it it's like also the the Great American Experiment kind of reflects that uh, decentralization in the sense that. Even though it has an overarching federal oversight, each state has its own sovereignty. So, you you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like that experiment 
is is encompasses and embodies that that idea and so so it's a bit of it's a kind of a balancing act and you know what's funny about this john is that you know you remember when we first met is when we did that tribute to hendrix at sting's house in england and what's funny, oh yeah you, right i i remember i met you at the airport and we drove to his house together and we were talking yeah and so yeah. he he told me about i remember <clears throat> he told me about this book back in the 90s called the fourth turning and you know it's interesting because i i kind of said okay i'll i'll check it out and you know i i didn't think much about it and recently i saw some attention being given to it um from various outlets and various channels, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I thought I'm going to have a look at it. And um, it basically talks about these cycles that always happen. I'm not exactly sure what the mathematical cycle is. It might be something like once every 80 years or something, but, but these turnings represent cyclical aspects of history. And we happen to be in a dark one right now. So, 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 you know, there's that, there's that (laughs) concept as well. And Quite frankly, I mean, I you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to lend any particular credence to that, whether or not I'm saying, oh, okay, well, you really should look at it through this lens. Because, I mean, okay, maybe maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a, a truth to it that, that I can't really refute, and I won't try to, but, but it's almost like if I were talking about a social condition from the lens of a philosopher versus the lens of an evolutionary biologist versus the lens of a musician versus the lens of a rabbi, you're going to have these different perspectives. And so at some point, you, what you really want is a kind of consensus on something in an ecumenical way that can help all of us. And I, you know, we're, I think we're striving to reach consensus now, but, but really, I mean, I, I'd love to know what you think, because music has always played such a strong role in doing this for people, even during wartime, during depression, the Great Depression, people had music, you know, they could, they could you know, dance music and swing and all these yeah. kinds of things and, 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 and just, okay, things were kind of tumultuous in the 60s as well. I mean, you had all this, you had the Vietnam War, you had Kent State, you had all kinds of riots, but then you had songs of protest and songs of hope. There was always a collective sense of hope. And I talk about this all the time, and you're part of the zeitgeist, and the society, the psyche of society was not yet damaged to the point where all hope is lost. And, you know, who knows if that's attributed to you know, whatever this thing is in the fourth turning that they're talking about, or if it's just an effect of, of just forces that are just trying to destabilize us. But, but for whatever it is, music always had that power to sort of heal us and bring us together. And, and I'm, and I'm seeing now that somehow, somehow with networks kind of controlling these people and what they're saying and the kind of stuff that's, being fed to people it's really really dark and it's it's like i i think what has to happen is there's got to be some kind of thing where music sort of turns that energy around again and i'm and i'm kind of hoping it's my hope that in the future that that music will be able to to sort of uh to steer that and and i'm just wondering what your thoughts if you have any thoughts about that you know i i I'm sure, as I said before, the thing is the whole universe and everything around us moves in cycles, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, music, 
yeah. goes in cycles. Rhythm is cycles mm-hmm. or circles or orbits or, <laughs> you know, the seasons and the, the way we go around the sun, the sun grows and the galaxy, the moon grows, everything. And why not these movements in the psychology of humanity? You know, because we're, 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 we're going through a period of paranoia. We're going through a period. It's dark. It's dark. And fear. There's a lot of fear, a lot of paranoia, a lot of violence. But that comes with fear and paranoia. And But uh, I basically, I have faith in human nature. Human nature. We're all born with beautiful human nature, aren't we? It's pure and loving. We're all born with a loving nature but we learn how to become how to hate and how to be violent and 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 uh, divisive and uh and trip ego trip uh, but uh, deep down there is that there is that beautiful even if it's unconscious there's that beautiful self the loving one who's in all of us let's face it there's only one great spirit and it's behind everybody's eyes but how uh, are they aware of it? And so, and so, and that is the power behind the humanity. I mean, and if we end up blowing ourselves up, then, 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 then we deserve it. And, you know, and there's just one chapter of the cosmos that's like closed. And uh, this earth, you know, closed. But I believe that we'll, this, we'll, the cycle will turn and we'll come back to a more open, more, I would say, altruistic society because if we don't take care of each other we're we're doomed aren't we but why shouldn't we the thing is Vinny just you know like the human body the human body the human person is a walking miracle how many how many cells do I have 50 billion 100 billion cells and they're all me right they're all me And, and, and so they're all want to be in harmony they all want me to exist that's my life force all the all these cells and humanities all these billions of 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 cells and if they start to to move away through ignorance or through stupidity or whatever trip they're on tribalism i think you had that good word then it gets sick and humanity is not well at the moment, as well we know. Hence, the trouble <laughs> we're in at the moment. But I believe, I do believe very powerfully in the great spirit inside everyone will come out. And we will see a better day. I'm certain of it. Not tomorrow, not next week maybe, but one day i'm convinced that we will because the human spirit is too beautiful and too strong to allow itself to be taken over by the dark side the dark side is doomed from from the beginning is doomed amen amen to that amen <laughs> and amen well um john i just want to thank you for that and that that's an amazing uh uplifting thing that you said um to just to just end on for for everybody for all people and um i can't i can't thank yeah. you enough for for, oh, for joining me on this this is really really very very special just, i'm just happy to see you and chat you know and you give me the opportunity to to talk about what i'm doing and and just 
just hanging with you, brother. Beautiful. Yeah. Amen. And I love you right back. And I mean, we could go on and on and this is an education for me and, and, and for, for everyone else as well, I hope. And so, um, I just want to thank you all. Um, yeah. Hello, you. brothers and sisters. Yes, yes, Walk sir. The volume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close this out real quick, John. And um, okay, thank you, everybody, um, and stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny. <laughs>